Welcome to Oh! The Stories We Will Tell, hosted by best-selling authors and speakers, Ryan and Laura Dobson. We're pulling back the curtains to give you a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, honest look at our life together, from day one up to today. Everything. We'll tell the stories of all the laughter, tears, triumphs and failures that helped make us who we are. Here we go. So let's join the Atomic Mum and the Disruptor, Ryan and Laura Dobson, for this episode of Oh! The Stories We Will Tell. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Thank you to MyPillow, MyPillow.com, code word rebel. Code word rebel. Big fat discount on a four pack of pillows. I love my pillow. Isn't it great? I do. I love it. It's one of those things where I couldn't do a commercial for something I didn't like. Like yeah. I couldn't do that. It would just, I don't have that ability in right. me to lie about something. And yeah. when they called and were like, can we sponsor Verbal Parentine? I was like, yeah, I really hope I like your pillow. Cause if I don't, I can't tell anybody. Totally. Like for sure. I couldn't say I like it if I didn't. Yeah. And I like it. I use it every day. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who knows me knows for sure that I could not lie about something. No. My face would tell, my face would let it go. Even Ryan knows if I'm like fibbing about something, if I did the dishes properly and I'm like, oh, my yeah. face tells the truth. No poker face. No on, poker on face. I love mom. my pillow. Yeah. I have no poker face. Yeah. Yeah. I like the travel pillow. That was really cool. When we went on our trip. Yeah. We went to Great Wolf Lodge. That was fun. That was a good time. We needed that. I want to thank, say thanks to Crossway, too. We're not getting sponsored, but they sent me this amazing set of journals. You guys got to see Look this. At this. <laughs> this is the Old Testament. So it's every book of the Old Testament, and then on one side is Scripture, like the straight Bible, and then the other side is lined blank pages for you to journal on. Isn't that amazing? That. That to go crazy. through the whole entire Old Testament I'm like skipping that. Leviticus and Numbers. I'll do Leviticus and Numbers. For real? Ugh. Well, because you won't give me any other one. No, I won't. Just I'm being super stingy with this one. <laughs> we need another one. It's so nice. I want the New Testament. It's huge. I know. I was a little envious that we didn't get, or a little sad we didn't get the New Testament one. But, And then, which way can I point? Yeah, that way. No, uh -oh. no, no. Yeah. Check it out. Number 25 ooh, 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 on the iTunes ooh, ooh, ooh. Top 200, Rebel Parenting. Here we go, What's people. Up? So stoked. Thank so if you're you not for subscribed. Your support. Definitely subscribe to iTunes to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Um, and we just thank you so much for all your support and yeah. everyone who listens and everyone who shares with your friends. Keep sharing it with your friends. Take their phone, download it for them, get it totally. on there. Just, Look at you. Yeah, come on. Nice. Thank you. We love you guys, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. Definitely. So we just thank you. All right, I've procrastinated enough, right? Let me put this down. It's just huge. And heavy. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's like heavy. the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that thing's massive. I'm putting my drink in the middle. That's what I forgot. All right, so I sent the text out. We're going to talk about what to do when your spouse is depressed. And I don't want to do this one because it's me. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It's hard. Oh, okay, I'll get into that in just a second. We went to Great Wolf Lodge, partly because I've been so depressed. I just needed to take the family somewhere and have fun with them because I'm not having any fun. Like, So the first thing I'll talk about is know the signs. If you have a spouse that gets depressed, know what the signs are. Um, and I could tell that I'm living in my windowless office. I'm not going outside. I'm not doing all the things I need to do. 
Um, and we got a great group on for Great Wolf Lodge, and we had a ball. And so I'm going to give you my Great Wolf Lodge ups and downs. Uh, the pros, they have super thick walls, so when other people have kids that run around all day, then you're totally cool. <laughs> What's up, Marshall? Uh, that was great. Like so many hotels we're in, paper-thin walls, and y- when your neighbor listens to the television, so do you. Um, Great Wolf Lodge really does that well. Yeah. Their staff is amazing. Very kind. Super kind, super attentive. They have a new feature uh, where you get assigned to a staff member via text, and you can just text them and ask them questions or like, can we get our room cleaned? Stuff like that. Um, That was awesome. Yes. Um, If you go to the water park during changeover times, like uh, right when checkout but before check-in, it's usually like not empty, but pretty much empty. Like you're not really waiting for stuff. And I believe in lines. I believe in waiting for lines. Otherwise, it just isn't that fun. Like if you just keep running on it over and over and over again, it's really not that. It just, there's no anticipation. So um, I like that. Um, oh, I like having a Dunkin' Donuts. That was fantastic. Like their coffee. Yeah. Here's the downside. Your food is a dumpster fire. It is garbage. You have to try <laughs> so hard to make food that bad. For real. What are you possibly doing with your food situation in Great Wolf Lodge? With everything else at such high quality, your food is atrocious. It was so bad. So we got takeout on all of our meals. Like we either went out or we brought takeout in. Like we got P.F. Chang's and we got Atmosphere Gastropub and we went to Fuzzy's Tacos and we got takeout and we brought it in. And that was super fun. That was a good time. The that only deal fun. on the food Great Wolf Lodge has is when you're doing like the runaround adventure game with your son who loves adventure game stuff, you can get the... Um, All you can drink. The soft drink with the free refills and then just like... If you drink soft drink. Cheers to Great Wolf Lodge. Thank you. That's the only deal you have. It was a great deal. I filled that thing up so many times. Not multiple days in a row. I'm not like that. Uh, but one at a time, I did that. That was fun. Okay. And the slides were amazing. Yeah, we had and a good time And the staff inside the slides. And the wave pool was kind of fun. It wasn't the Kelly Slater wave pool, but it was a fun wave pool. Lucy had a ball. Yes. Lucy likes the wave pool more than anything else. Because she's my daughter. What is? I know, but it's not real waves. She just likes... They're real waves. It's a wave. You've, I, I you've can been catch... in Colorado too long. I've been in Colorado way too long. How sad that you just said it's a real wave. It's a wave. It's the closest thing we get to a wave here in Gives Colorado. Gives me hope. All right. <sighs> here we go. So. The stories we will tell. Yeah, this is episode 12 of the stories. We're not going to go back. Uh, we're going to do something current um, to help your marriage. So if you have a spouse um, who gets depressed or if you get depressed, that's what we're going to talk about today, depression. Anxiety and depression, uh, which I super <laughs> struggle with. I totally struggle with anxiety and depression. I get panic attacks and I get depressed. Here's the good news. The good news is I have really high highs. Like I have the high highs and I have the low lows that comes with that. I'm not real mellow. I'm not real in between, you know, uh, when it's great, it's great. It's amazing. When it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, so I've been depressed for a while. I've talked about it a little bit. Um, Here's the other one, too, that I always get nervous about talking about things like that. Because, like, I ran into a couple we know yesterday and some other people. I'm like, oh, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, fine. And now they're going to see this. And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You're totally depressed. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know you that well. And it's not something that you share with... Well, like I saw Megan yesterday. I've talked about Megan on the show a few times recently because like... Yeah. She's such a great friend and yeah, ATN is she, such a so great awesome. friend. And I saw her at school yesterday and I just said, hey, thanks for never making me feel like a burden. Yeah. Like I never feel like a burden when I'm around you. Like yeah. we can tell you every terrible thing that's going on and you're like, awesome. I'm so glad you told us. Yeah. And it's because we've known them for a long time. Like this last Sunday, our pastor Glenn did a sermon on friendships and how long it takes to make a friend and what, how long it takes to get an old friend. It takes a long time to make an old long friend. Long time. And, and the loneliness epidemic in our country. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, so if you're hearing this or if you find out one of your acquaintances is depressed and they haven't told you, it's because you don't know them that well. And it's a hard thing to talk about. But like I told Megan yesterday, I'm like super, super depressed. And she was like, oh my gosh. And hugged me. And then I started oh, crying. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh gosh. Hey. <laughs> Love you. So, um, with me, know the signs. So I'll tell you what my signs are. I don't leave the house <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't like, I'm wearing a hat because I haven't done my hair. That sounds weird to say for me for like a week. Um, my workouts become sporadic. The big tell for me is I cry at everything. Like all the time. I'll cry when I'm doing dishes because I just got overwhelmed. I cried last night during Great British Bake Off. <laughs> so embarrassing. I cried when Lucy woke up in the middle of the night with a tummy ache because I was so glad to be her dad. Hmm. It's so awesome. But I just can't stop. Like... I am that way right now. I'm just sad. I'm just, there's, and I don't want to talk about what's going on and why I am, because there's a real reason of why I'm struggling with it right now. There's a real world, it isn't just that I fell into a funk. Um, but you got to know the signs. Here's the truth, I curse more than I should. I don't do it in front of the kids, but I do it in front of Laura way too much. Um, and I, it's because I would rather be angry than sad. Yeah. But because I've been going to therapy so much, I'm doing sad better than I have in the past. Amen. But I would rather be angry. I would rather get mad at stuff. So that's the other one too. Everything irritates me. Yes. I'm irritated by everything. Yes. Everything irritates me. I'm frustrated at everything. If work goes poorly, if if I feel like there's too many dishes, because <laughs> I do the dishes most of like a lot of the time. Like if there's too many dishes, I do it. If the counters are, if the dogs are barking, like everything irritates me. Um, and then as the spouse, like with Laura, she sees all these things. We've been married for almost 14 years now. Like she knows me really, really well. And early on, here's the truth too. I know all the things that will help get me out of depression. I know all those things. Like I and know I should. most people do. I know I, I should work assuming. out more. I know I should eat healthier. I know get I should sunlight. get more sleep. I know I should be in the sun more. Take vitamin D. <laughs> I know I should be with my therapist. I know... Should have sex. Yep, that I should be having more sex. Like, I know all those things. And I think when we were first married, Laura would want to encourage me to do those things, like everybody does. Like you know what's going to help you. You should do those things and then yeah. we'll all feel better because it's harder on the kids too. Like the kids know I'm depressed. Like they don't say, 
daddy's depressed, but you can tell by their interactions with us and their demeanor mm-hmm. that one spouse is going through it for sure they can tell yeah kids are very observant and resilient people that's but another yes. thing too is i don't lie about it yeah like my 12 year old like my seven year old doesn't ask for sure doesn't ask but my 12 year old asks and i'm really honest about it with him because it would be stupid not to it's not like he can't tell i'm melancholy or he can't tell I'm not going on walks. Or he can't tell I'm not working out like I do most mornings. Or he can't tell I'm not irritated all the time. Like, he senses all those things. And for me to be like, oh, no, buddy, I'm totally fine. That's just a lie. And so... Talk about confusion. Yeah. Let's not confuse our children. Yeah, your body knows. And, and when you're around let's someone, not take it out on them. Oh, for sure. So there's that fine balance of being honest and authentic with them. And then not taking it out on them right being but, grumpy with them all the time right but I, and that's where laura would step in like if i started like badgering the kids or harassing them or just riding their rears all the time she would definitely um jump in step in and be like hey i I'll know over i know you're down this isn't okay yeah right right yeah for sure always yeah um, and the things not to do is push like i'll tell you what laura does um she talks softer around me I don't even know you know you do that. But when I <laughs> when I'm depressed, she talks softly around me cuz it doesn't it doesn't get me like spun out. Escalated. Yeah, it doesn't escalate the situations I'm in. Um she cooks more, takes care of the kids more, does the dishes more. Like her workload increases when I get depressed. She just naturally takes it on because she knows I'm I don't want to be this way. Like that's the thing, too. If you've got a spouse that's struggling with depression, it's not like you want to be this way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel down. I want to feel up. Like, And little things bring me up. Like yesterday, finding out we were number 25 on the iTunes Top 200 was like so stoked. But it doesn't pull me out. It right. doesn't pull me out of it to where I'm back on an even keel and I'm back regulated. Like one of our friends was yesterday was like, well, have you been meditating a lot? And I'm like, no, I've not. I haven't been meditating. Like, it's not like I don't know I should. I know I should. I've been eating too much sugar. That's one of my tells too. If I eat weight, like if I start eating candy. That's, that's, the skull is halfway empty. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the tells. Um, and here's the big one that Laura does that is the most helpful. I can tell any spouse out there, this is the most helpful thing you can do. And it's across the board, but especially when you've got someone that's in depression or struggles with depression. Um, and that's when I, like I worked out, was it yesterday? It was the day before yesterday when you were doing your shows. Uh-huh. I worked out really hard. And Laura told me like five times that day how proud of me she was. And not in like a heavy handed way, where like you get that tone of voice that's like, oh, I'm so glad you worked out. Like where it says, because we're all suffering here and you're stinking depressed. <laughs> you you know, like doesn't do it at all. Like genuinely is proud of me for working out when she knows the last thing I want to do is work out. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's the last thing I want to do. Oh my God. All I want to do is sleep. I want to sleep all day. I can't even, like, we tried to watch TV last night. I changed the channel. I was like, 
14 times in a row. I could tell you that was frustrating you too. I watched like three minutes of a video and then I would switch it to the next one. Then I would watch like a minute and a half and then I'd be like, ah, I just couldn't find anything that was captivating at all. Yeah. Nothing. There's another. That's a tell. That's a tell. <sighs> so. I hate talking about this junk. Oh my goodness. Life. Real life. Yeah. The good thing is. There's always hope. Well, this and is I think one. that's the thing that as as a spouse, yeah, going through it and been through it a few times. I know it's going to change. I know emotions change. I know depression comes and goes. I know anxiety comes and goes for it's a us. Season, right? For us, yeah. and I know there are different. There's all different forms of depression. So we're not here as experts. We're just here telling our story of how we deal with yeah. what our stuff is, and. and- I've been on antidepressants in the past. I've been on it since we've been married. I just don't take anything ever anymore. <laughs> Which is great. I'm super crazy about that stuff. I don't take anything. And so uh, I feel like my quality of life is better and my work is better and my time with my family is better because antidepressants affect me in a very, very real way. But it just... it it numbs me out a little bit to where I can't feel anything on antidepressants. I don't feel sad. I don't feel happy. I don't feel anything. When I was going through my divorce, I really noticed that so strongly Mm. is I would be in a situation where there was a person in my life saying the most horrible things to me on a regular basis and I wouldn't get sad and it wouldn't make me angry. And finally, I remember in my head, this person was just saying the most terrible things to me. Uh, and in my head, I was thinking, hey, man, you should be sad. This should really upset you. And I was like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. And then my brain was like, no, for real. Like, I talked to myself in my head. My brain was like, for real, you should be sad right now. This should make you really, really sad. The fact that it's not making you sad is weird. Mm. Like, this is terrible. You mm. should be feeling things much deeper than you are. Yeah. And I realized I couldn't feel anything. Right. I couldn't rise to the occasion for anything. I couldn't get mad, couldn't get sad, couldn't right. get happy. But we're not opposed to people taking meds either. No. This is, we're, I just want to throw that out there because no, some people sure. get on that bandwagon of like, yeah, I'm on meds or I shouldn't be on meds. And or, I ah. have been that person. Like I have been the, you can't take things. Like I've been the total crazy person on that. And it was wrong. It's, this is just what I believe. If you want to go on antidepressants, that's fine. If you want to go on ADD meds, that's fine. If you want to have anti-anxiety meds, that's fine. You should also get into counseling while you're doing it. And work with a doctor and a professional. Yeah, because you need to learn the skill set and the tools. You need to learn about yourself. Like my therapist, and I go to two of them right now because I go to one with you and then I go to one on my own. And sometimes you go on your own too. Mm-hmm. But they help me learn about myself, which allows me to be sad for a season, not for a year. Yes. Like, I'll get out of this. I'll work out more. I'll eat better. I'll go to the movies. I'll, it, I will climb out of this hole. It will happen. I just have a bunch of stuff I'm going through right now that sucks. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah, we all do. We all go through really hard times. And that's the th- other thing, too. This it is the interesting changes. one. It changes. And I think, well, real quick, it just changes. I was just talking to a lady today. She, I just asked her, 
quietly like hey how you doing and she's like you know it's been really rough lately but mm. i can tell i'm coming out of it and that's that's how i reference this that's how i think of this i don't think of this as yeah chronic depression oh my gosh call the psychiatrist we're you know he's not getting out of bed he's not he is still functioning he is still doing his job professionally he's still doing everything he's supposed to do he's still loving his wife he's still loving his children he's picking the kids up from school he's still doing everything he's supposed to be doing he's just down does that make sense yeah okay so in that 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 gives me as a spouse hope because i know it's just a season of a of a mountain that we're going through like we're in the little valley now and then we get to go to the mountain and then we'll go through another valley and then we go to the mountain yeah and that's just how life plays out for us as a couple the dobsons here totally um, this is an interesting one currently in america americans feel like they shouldn't feel any pain for any reason for any <laughs> length of time totally and that's a big problem because that's a huge problem this is what i had to i had to come to grips with it's okay for me to be sad because of what's going on in my life right now. I should. I shouldn't be okay with what's taking place in my life right now. It should make me sad. And the fact is, I just have to live with being sad. Now, there are a lot of doctors that I could go to and be like, I'm really, really sad. And they wouldn't ask, well, why are you sad? They would go, oh, I can prescribe you something for that. Yeah. It's like if, every, if your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And oftentimes prescribers, that's their only tool. Their only tool is prescription. And that's so everything revolves around what, what can you prescribe. And sometimes we just have to realize it's okay to be sad when events in your life are really sad. Mm -hmm. Like when those things are going on. Yeah. And I think, I think scripture, I'm not a theologian, but I think scripture allows itself for that also. For those times, I know there's some people that say, oh, depression is a minor form of atheism or, oh, if you're depressed, you're da 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 da, you're not in the world. That's the meanest thing in the world. I know. Could you believe someone saying that? Yikes. That's so, terrible. That's the other thing, too. You have to understand and know who you can tell what to. And that's why I said in the beginning of the program, yeah. if you're in my life and in the last few days, weeks, you've asked me how I'm doing and I said, fine, it's because I don't know you that well. And I don't share this with everyone because it's until now, till now we're sharing it with everyone. Know, right. Oh my gosh. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's not a mistake. I'm just being, and by the way, if I see you tomorrow and I say I'm fine again, it's cause I don't know you that well because I've gone through enough history to know that. And I'm not saying this about you as an individual. It's just that when you share these types of things with everyone personally, one-on-one, -on -one, there's a number of people that don't know how to respond or how to react, and they start immediately giving you advice, telling you what you should do, and I don't want to hear that. Like, I go to professionals that tell me what to do, or I go to my wife, like, I can ask, like, hey, like, I was struggling with my friendships a few months ago, and I couldn't think of anybody that was my friend except for, like, well, Marshall's on here, Marshall and, like, one other person, and I remember being really, like, I got a little crazy, and I was like, I can't think of any friends. And Laura, like, calmly, she was like, listen, Marshall's your friend. Clint is your friend. Brian is your friend. Zach is your friend. Sid is your friend. Christopher's your friend. And I was like, oh. But I just got in that cycle to where I couldn't see the next step in front of me. And here's the other one, too. 
That's a big one. Fall back on what you know to be true, not what if. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to write it down. What do I know to be true? I know that Megan and ATN absolutely love me beyond a shadow of a doubt. That yeah. like they want to bring us food Monday night. Oh, you know. great. Yeah. Yeah. I know I can say anything around them and they're not going to go. <gasps> right. I know that the Lord loves me and he died for me before I was born and I can't change that decision. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm a dad. I know that I'm a husband. Um, and so sometimes I have to literally physically write down in this situation, what do you know to be true? Not the what ifs. Right. You know, like I panic around finances and money. So if like we go through a downtime or a dip, I get crazy panicky. And there have been times where it's like, Hey man, if you're late on your taxes, nothing will happen. Like you might pay a fine, but you're not going to jail anymore. Nothing Thank God. is going to happen. <laughs> right. Like, but you yeah. just got to remind yourself, like, what right. do you know to be? There's not a cop's not going to bang on my door. Like, Hey, you forgot to file your extension for your taxes. Yeah. Come to jail. Like that's not happening, yeah. but your body goes into this panic mode. If you struggle with things like this, you know? And so you have to rely on what you know to be true. And, right. and the, you know, I think like therapy and getting into a good group, it's so important. Like church is amazing. Like, dude, like Glenn was so authentic this last Sunday. Right. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. And I just want to throw out there community as friends, friends is a huge thing that helps with people with depression. Yeah. And, and I didn't, and this sounds stupid cause I'm going into advice mode, but also reading scripture and memorizing scripture really helps the brain and transfers the brain and your neural pathways to start getting you out of the depression. I'll tell you when that helps the most though. It helps to do that when you're not depressed. Yeah. So that it comes back to you when you are depressed. Exactly. Totally. Having someone say like, well, have you read your Bible today? Oh, I really just want to punch you in the throat so bad. Like those types (laughs) of advice things when you're sad, here's the greatest thing you can do when someone says they're sad or depressed be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And be empathetic with them. Yes. Not sympathetic, but empathetic is feel their feelings, regardless of whether you think they're valid or not. They're going through a situation and feel their feelings with them Yes, and be sad with them. Job's friends were great when they shut up, when they started speaking when his wife started speaking like go back and look at job he was depressed rightfully so he had lost his kids and his and his wealth and, and his, his property house, everything and, i mean he had lost so many things mm. and then his friends were like oh you must have done something to deserve this just shut up you know quit belly aching and blah 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 blah. it's like dude you shut up like forget you yeah that's not cool so be with them in their pain don't fix it that's the thing too, is no one wants to feel broken. No one wants to right. feel like they're a burden. Like when someone right. starts giving you advice, it's just saying you're broken and you need to be fixed. Yep. Like I told Megan, I was like, thank you so much for not making me feel like a burden. And she was like, what? You should never feel like a burden. And I was like, I know, but I do anyway. And she was like, that's terrible. Mm. And it was like the most comforting, kind thing for someone to say in that moment, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was awesome and that's being vulnerable telling your community as we have told our entire community (laughs) here at rebel parenting 
Oh, the stories we will tell. Just being authentic about life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The Dobsons do struggle. And that's the thing. Like, this is the other one, too. I was... There's reasons why people don't want to talk about this, right? Like yep. you got to ask yourself, why does your pastor not want to burst the bubble that there's a pornography problem in most marriages in their church? Because they don't want to be the one that says it. People shoot the messenger, right? Like if your pastor comes to your churchman like, hey, studies show 80 to 90% of marriages struggle with pornography. People are like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, man. Stop. Hey. Red didn't light, want to break light. that one to the wife or the yeah. husband or whatever, right? Like... Because there'll be a lot of questions on the way home from church. Yeah. It's hard to talk about those things. You get, you know, you get craziness with it. And so it can be difficult. Let me see yeah. if there's any questions. Dun, dun, dun. And if you have any questions, by the way, feel free. I'm an open book, I guess. So whatever. Right. What's up, Betsy? What's up, Marshall? Hello, Megan. Hello, Catherine. Yeah, like we've just got a lot going. Yeah, I can't. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. We got a lot going on. That's the other one too. Is if you know how to deal with things like this, like how can I say this? I know that there's somebody in my life that's going through a situation they can't control. They can't work their way out of. They can't try harder and make it better. Yes, it's just impossible to do that. And I just called them up and was like, hey. I've been there. I've been down that road. If you need to call and scream and yell, I'm your guy. Like, I will just giggle and laugh with you when you say horrible, terrible things on the phone with me or in person or when we go out. Like, that will be me for sure. Been down that road. I'm the one that's like, when in doubt, work harder, right? And there are so many situations in life where that just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can't work yourself out of those things. And so if you know someone going through that and you're close enough with them, like uh, alongside yeah. that book, there's like levels to where you're at. Sarah Beckman. Yeah. Uh, if you're in that inner circle, like Marshall's that way for me, Megan's that way for me, Johnny Goto, Johnny Brock is that way for me. I said it the other day on the show. <laughs> like when Laura was going, like she was in the hospital for emergency surgery that we found out about that morning. Like we're supposed to fly home from our vacation in California. And instead we went to uh, the urgent care who sent us to the ER who brought a surgeon in and was like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're having surgery today. Right now. And had you tried to fly home, she wouldn't have made it. You would have lost your wife. And I was like, ah, like you can't work yourself out of that. You can't try harder and, and it gets better to make it go away. <laughs> no, like, and it was every other pressure that was on top of me. Like I was late on broadcasts. I wasn't going to get home in time to finish them. I didn't have recording equipment with me. I was going to be way, way farther behind on my job than I possibly knew what to do with. I was going to have to change our flights. I was going to have to pay the change fee and then get notes from the doctor and try to get it back. By the way, shout out to frontier airlines I'm not, I'm not even kidding. How much easier could you make that? I took a photo of the doctor's note with my phone, emailed Frontier, and they were like, oh, for sure. And then they wrote me a nice note. Aww. Like the woman that wrote me was like, I'm so sorry that happened to your wife. Uh, you Thank know, you, Frontier. We're so glad you're a loyal customer. Of course, we'll give you the change fee back. And then they did. Like, wow. That's awesome. I don't even have that much status with it. It's not like, you, like United just got out of the hundred... Worst companies in America, they're like the third worst in America 
Oh yeah, United. I have 750,000 miles with them. Oh my goodness, you're such a pain to work with. But like, I had to change our <laughs> rental car and I had to change the location where we we're gonna drop it off from. And I had to find a place for us to live. And I had to find food for my kids. And I had to find someone to watch my kids when I went to see my wife in the hospital. And, 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 and times a million and in the midst of that, I had to go get food and Johnny just shows up at the, ho at the hospital. Like I put out on Instagram and Facebook, like don't come to the hospital. And John was like, yeah, man, I know who you mean to come and not come. I'm not in that group. And he just showed up. Like I get a call from Laura. She's like, someone's in my hospital room. It's Johnny. Cause Laura was on crazy drugs. I like she could I, I barely function. I and I was like, what? Asleep. Put him on the phone. And I'm like, I'm at Nguyen's. Uh, noodles he's like oh I'll cruise over and I was inappropriate like except to anybody but him like to almost anybody watching right now I would never have said that stuff in front of you all but I could say that in front of him and he just giggled like because he's been down that road his wife passed he's been through all of this he's a full-time single dad mm -hmm. like he gets it like Jeff Gilbert I could barely bring myself to let anybody help us like I'm in Laura's hospital room and she desperately wants coffee, and the hospital coffee was garbage. And Jeff was like, hey, man, I just live two seconds from you. What do you need? And I was like, can you bring Laura coffee? And he was like, of course. What else do you need? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. And he's like, no, no, you need coffee too. Are your kids with you? And I'm like, yeah, they're bored out of their gourd trying to play video games in the hospital room, not waking up the lady in the bed next to you. And he's like, oh, I'll get food for them. Oh, everything in you is like, no, no, don't like it's, I don't want to be a burden to you. And he was like, I've known you forever. Mm. We lived on a bus together for 55 days. We did shows every single day in the rain and the 110 degree weather in Houston when it, mm. when it hailed at that one location, like, oh, real friends. Like, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Well, and I think that's what Glenn was talking about at church on Sunday. Yeah. That the majority of people, especially Gen Xers, only have about one good friend. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah. Nah, super and gnarly. And I thought that was super gnarly. So. Yeah. And that's, that's the other encouragement, too, is to make better friends. And the only way to do that is to get vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you don't have to dump your whole life story on someone. And that might run them away anyway. That might chase them away. But you can start getting more vulnerable with those around you. And I'm just going to talk to all the guys. Like, women do that better. Like, you'll go out and you'll sit with a friend and look at each other and say, like, crazy vulnerable stuff to each other's faces. Guys don't really do that very well. Like, Marshall and I will go out and look at my barbecue for a long time. And at some point, now we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. But that was, like, early on, we would go to the surplus store with Clint and look at military surplus stuff for an hour and maybe five or six minutes of that we talked about stuff that was vulnerable because it's scary like i was in a group this is super funny i was in a group training like a personal enrichment training and i got paired up in a triad with a girl and uh this guy who was a vietnam vet and he was tough and grizzled and old and i get emotional and if I got emotional, if I cried, he would call me the P word and like totally harass me for it. And I'm a big enough man now where I don't care. I don't care. If, I, I really don't care what you think or not. Like it just doesn't bother me. But that's the thing that happens with guys. Like 
he didn't know me that well. We were forced together in a group and then he's around someone that shows emotion and he's uncomfortable with emotion and I'm not. And so I'm just like, I'm going to be who I am, whatever. And it would make him uncomfortable. And then he would say cutting, biting, mean things to me about it. And he did that for like a half a day. And the next day we were together in our group and something happened that I was showing emotion and he started harassing me again. That girl jumped all the way down his throat with both feet. <laughs> she chewed him a new one. She beat him up one side and down the other. And he was like, his eyes got so big. He like literally recoiled. He like put his hands up and like leaned back and was like, I'm so sorry. I just don't know how to do that. And it makes me uncomfortable and I can't cry. And, uh, I'm really sorry. And then totally owned up to it and apologized. And I was like, whatever, like, cool. Now we're friends. Yeah. Like, do you get it? Now we're friends. And so you got to enter You got to tiptoe your way into that. Yeah. And you'll do it over time. Yeah. Like you'll do it over time. Spend time, work on a car. Well, and be wise. Be, I think you have yeah, to, yeah. I think you should pray about it too. Be wise of who you choose. And there are people out there that really necessarily don't want to be your friends. Oh. Do you know what Glenn said on Sunday that was super, super gnarly? What? He said, if you talk about your friends with your other friends, they know they can't trust you. Yep. Because if you talk about your friends with your other friends, your other friends know you talk about them with your other friends. Yes. So that's the thing I would I would caution to women probably more than men is don't be vulnerable with a gossip. If someone's like always like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what I just found out about so-and-so. Well, they're doing that about you too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like with guys, if you start getting vulnerable with someone and they like beat you down with it, maybe not the right person. Yeah. Or just be like, hey man, not cool, not appropriate. Like I'm being vulnerable here. And then maybe they'll, you know, suck it up and own it and be like, oh, I'm really sorry. I just don't know how to be vulnerable. Like, right. you know, maybe you win a friend that way. But like, be honest and realistic about who, and by the way, family, hey, family's got no business knowing what you don't want them to know. Like it just because they bore you or raised you doesn't mean you got to tell them anything. Like that don't mean anything at all. Be safe with your story. If you're going to tell your mom and she beats you up for stuff mm. or puts you down or calls you names or if your dad can't give you the proper love that you feel like you need, then don't tell them. Don't purposely keep walking into a cactus and trying to hug it, right? Yeah. Like, don't do that either. Be smart. Be wise. It's a pretty good show. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Is that okay? That's perfect. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it so much. Uh, if you need help with anything, you can email us, help at rebelparenting.org, help at rebelparenting.org. <laughs> I keep going the wrong way. I know. It's always, it's, yeah. It's backwards. Yeah, I point at you because it's over that way. You know, you, yeah, you point at the other side. Anyway, um, sorry. Thank you everybody for listening. Subscribe and just, to the podcast. Tell yep. your friends about the podcast. And we love you. We appreciate you. Take God care. Bless. God bless. Oh, The Stories We Will Tell is produced by Rebel Parenting. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Parenting Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L. And the number is 444-999. God bless. We'll see you next time for another episode of Oh, The Stories We Will Tell. Oh, The Stories We Will Tell.